0: Best manners, everybody. The Queen is coming. I'm just kidding. It's the Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. Put on your Sunday best. It's time for Downton Abbey.
1: A royal luncheon, a parade and a dinner. I'm going to have to sit down. (laughs) Mr. Mosley. Your Majesties, welcome to Downton Abbey.
0: Oh, can I help you?
1: Someone must, Sarah. I
0: I may never rise again. (laughs) And the school holidays must be fast approaching because we're talking about the Angry Birds movie, too. Your plan is to get into Eagle Island with that. All right, guys, arms. Armed and ready.
1: Leggies. Show me what you got. (laughs) (laughs) We must look amazing.
0: (laughs) That's this week on The Cinema Group. Hello and welcome to The Cinema Crew, the podcast that talks new movies every week. My name is Michael Campbell, but you can call me Cambo, and joining me as always is Vary McIntyre. Hello. And returning is Dan Miranda. Hello. Now your chance to win a Gold Class Double Pass coming up just a little later on, but first. Are you here for dinner, Mama? It's a buffet.
2: Well, I'm not changed. You just need to take off your hat.
0: You talk as if that were easy. (laughs)
2: I want every surface in this house to gleam
1: and sparkle.
0: The post's just arrived, my lord. Heaven. What is it? The King and Queen are coming to stay. What? Sometimes a TV series is so popular, the fans just insist on having more. Well, that's the case for Downton Abbey. The series actually ended back in 2015 after six seasons until series creator Julian Fallows decided he had one more story to tell. But since the list of movies made from TV shows includes such classics as The Sex in the City and The Entourage movie, I'm a little bit trepidatious. Vary, <laughs> should I be.
1: Not at all. <laughs> I mean, I can't say with any certainty because this one has not screened. But in saying that, There's not much information going around because the producers of this have intentionally kept information under wraps like storyline and characters and stuff just to keep fans hungry for it. Well, we know the basic Mm. storyline. Which is, look, it's been three years since the end of the series and we returned to Downton Abbey in 1927, so that's one and a half years after the finale, like, in story time. And the family of Downton Abbey is being graced with a royal visit from the king and queen. That's all we know. I mean, it doesn't sound very relatable or. It's, it's the most deep, Downton Abbey sounding. Right? Thing the yeah. world. <laughs> Rich people get visited by even richer people. <laughs> yeah. But that's the beauty of these types of films, isn't it? It's this wish fulfillment for audiences to live this grand life that we wouldn't be able to imagine. So, like, who cares? It's so you quite like the escapism of something like yeah, a counter Yeah, definitely. It's something so different and I guess for audiences who aren't British background that that's something completely different. It's completely different world that we're not privy to, and that's the beauty of it, that you get the, it's the upstairs downstairs. So you've got upstairs with the lords and ladies and they're being served and they've got all their. you Hugh Bonnevilles. We've got romance and intrigue and pageantry and then the downstairs era of the servants and their stories as well, and it's all interwoven. And for the series, having run for six seasons, ended on a high, like they wrapped everything up. There was a couple of loose ends, but most fans were like quite happy or You know, not happy for it to end.
0: Like it ended in a satisfactory Mm. manner. Like people weren't like, oh, my God, that was Game of Thrones. Yeah, (laughs) it wasn't like
1: cancelled or ended when it's sort of like, you know, a lot of series keep going after they're welcome and it just sort of like fizzles out. Nobody Mm. really cares. It did a really good job at ending neatly and nicely, but then everybody wanted more. So then they made this film.
0: I think there's like the hallmarks of a Julian Fellowes story because he did Gosford Park oh, originally. Oh, yeah, well, one of did, my favourites. The chaperone that we talked oh, about. Yes, yes
1: Monarch of the Glen. It's, Unbreakable it, Kimmy Schmidt.
2: It's, oh, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of people... Kind of like lounging in a chaise lounge, being like, oh my, oh my lord, have you heard? Mm. <laughs>
2: it's very foppish, But Can it? I
0: say, j- j- my favourite fact about Julian Fellows is his full name. Does anyone know his full name? Please no. tell us. His full name, this is, this is how British he is, is Julian Alexander Kitchener Fellows, Baron Fellows of West Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> That's his full title, which nice. sounds like he is a character. Yes. He, in Downton Abbey, he, he was made to make this.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I actually saw online that Maggie Smith was quite content in not making the film, and she was happy. Mm. They thought they were beating a dead horse, so to speak, and she's in the film.
0: Yeah, well, she doesn't yeah, need the very money, presently. does she? No, <laughs> obviously there was something to
2: entice her. Back. Something enticed her.
1: Well, maybe she doesn't have to wear a corset in this one because I know her main gripe was having to wear a corset twelve hours a day. No, right. so Fair you know, enough. six yep. years of doing that, she's like, oh, I'm done, can't breathe anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my my fear when a TV show becomes a movie, especially because they're generally written by the series writer is, uh, and this is very true of both the Sex and City and the Entourage movies, is it feels not like a movie narrative, but of a several episode narrative that has been like strung together. Mm. And it kind of ebbs and flows because I guess the format that they're used to writing in is like shorter 45 minute chunks rather mm. than two hours. And sometimes these movies can go up and down and there's plots kind of like meander a little bit and then, so that's what, I'm just hoping that it doesn't do that. There are examples of, of films that don't do that. Serenity is a good example, which is the movie version of Firefly, worked really well as a standalone movie that had mm. an actual film narrative. And I think Joss Whedon writing it is a, is a good step because he's quite a good feature and TV writer. Mm. I'm hoping with Gosford Park and, and The Chaperone, Julian Fallows writes it as a movie and not as several episodes.
1: I think the issue with those sorts of films that come out of series, though, they tend to try and wrap up the series in a movie. And this movie of Downton Abbey is standalone. It's not trying to wrap up the series. It is another story. They've left it for like a couple of years after the end of the events and kept going. So they've got a completely different storyline and something different. So So in
2: that way, I guess people mm -hmm. who aren't familiar with the series might be able to enjoy the film on its own.
1: So who do you think should see this film?
2: I think people who are fans of period drama.
1: This one's going to be fans for Downton Abbey, I think. Gonna say that you probably need to know at least the characters and some of the backstory to these people for it to make better sense in the movie. Not that I've seen it. I don't know if they're going to get around that. But even fans of just British dramas like, as we said, Gosford Park or Brideshead Revisited, Vanity Fair, these types of like epic, the really rich pageantry of this lifestyle. Yeah. Also still in cinemas, it's chapter two. The sequel
0: of the Stephen King novel. And
2: the farewell. Aquafina returns to her homeland with a family secret.
0: Yes, you can hear about both of those movies and in fact, everything that is in cinemas right now in our back catalog, which you can access from whichever podcast app you would like. Welcome to my piggy gadget lab, Invisi-spray. Uh, How long does the invisibility last for? Forever.
1: Wait, what? Tina, we're not going to be able to see each other tonight.
0: After her glorious moment in the sun last week when we talked about the farewell, Awkwafina returns to our screens this week amongst an all-star cast in a movie that couldn't be more opposite. Angry Birds 2 is the follow-up to the bankable, yet mixed-reviewed, The Angry Birds movie, which itself is based on a mobile game. So with that many varying layers, Dan, will it stack up? Well,
2: as you mentioned, it is based on a a very famous uh, smartphone game app. Um, But if we've learned anything from the Lego movie, it Mm. is that product placement type films are inevitable. and But also
0: (laughs) can work. Because the Lego movie is better than it
2: should be. Way better. (laughs) And that's what I think is fascinating with, you know, basing a film off uh, something else, like usually... Maybe a book or a, yeah. but a video well, game. because they have narratives. Yeah, yeah, yeah they have <laughs> narratives. But uh, I must admit, I suppose um, games do uh, are becoming more like films these days. Um, and uh, for, for anyone who has seen the first one, you know what you're in for. But this one actually goes on to the sequel about this, the characters Red, Chuck and Bob being forced to team up with Leonard and the rest of the, the, the green pigs.
0: Because it's, correct me if I'm wrong, it's the birds, the angry birds and their enemies are the pigs. The green pigs, yeah. Right.
2: Very weird. Uh, <laughs> and th- they have an advanced weapon, weapon against them that threatens their bird and piggy islands, respectively.
0: What a, what, what, what a sentence. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that is a weird sentence.
1: Hey, Daddy. Just borrowing my sisters for a minute. Now we have all your eggs. Oink, 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 oink. oink. You're going to be crying in a second when I
0: take your butts and take all your... Oh, crap. Oh, okay, so this is my theory on kids films. There's kind of like a few major players when it comes to like animation films. I mean, there's a lot, but there's three main players. One is Disney uh, Pixar. For sure. Uh, they tend to make like the really prestige things and things that we always remember fondly, like the Incredibles and whatnot. Then you've got your DreamWorks, which are things like Shrek and mm. uh, how to train your dragon. Uh, and then you've got Sony animation and Sony animation tend to mine things that people remember like Peter Rabbit, like Angry Birds, things like that. They take like intellectual properties and they turn them into animated films. I tend to, as a guy in my late 20s, skew towards the Pixar stuff because it's, it's slightly better, better as like a narrative film. Mm. But what I've discovered is that kids no. love the Sony films mm. so much. And, in fact, there was an example when The Incredibles 2 was coming out and I was really excited because The Incredibles was such a great film and it's been so long. And I was talking to someone, like my little nephew, I said, are you, excited for, you know, are you excited for The Incredibles too?" And he was excited for Hotel Transylvania, which is a Sony film, because there's been three of those in his lifetime. Sure. They're what he knows. They're what the kids actually like now. So I think that these Sony animated films are for the kids, whereas the Pixar ones are more for the adults.
2: Absolutely. And even just visually, like, they're, they're bright and colourful, like mm. vomiting rainbow almost. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that it still remains... In in terms of Angry Birds, this remains true to the imagery of the game. So it's still within the world, but it's so vibrant.
1: Yeah, it's filling that niche market of very young kids. Yeah. There are... Lots of kids' movies, but they might deal with a bit more serious topic or there's a lot of like adult jokes or things that younger kids might find scary that, you know, as adults, we wouldn't even think that it would be scary. But very, very young kids need something that is so, so G-rated that you could just like leave them alone in the room and you just know that they're going to be okay watching this. There's nothing scary or too much for them and what appeals to me about these sorts of films is that they're only like 96 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. So many movies these days you'll be hard pressed to find her under two hours <laughs> <laughs> and with so many movies we've been watching that are like two hours 40. Yeah. Like yeah. this is once, a really good one. Once Upon a one. Time in Hollywood this ain't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. okay. Uh, uh. something i've thought was interesting and the fact that they are going for younger kids is in the voice cast specifically in these angry birds movies they tend to cast youtubers so i know in the original one uh smosh is a very uh very popular youtube channel with kids and they were in the original Angry Birds. At this time, it's David Dobrik, who's again a very popular YouTuber with kids. Mm. He's got a voice in Angry Birds too. So they obviously know that the kids are more excited for the YouTubers mm. than they are for the actual celebrities and yeah. they're casting them like that. <laughs>
1: Is it the celebrities that pull the adults where they're like, no, oh, well, I have to watch this, but I guess I can just listen to this famous person. I like. Yeah, maybe because like I, I, so. I was
0: talking about in the it review how I really like Bill Hader he tends mm. to steal movies, and he's a voice in this. Yeah, and that makes me
1: excited because I really like Bill <laughs> Hader.
2: Yeah, I must admit I have seen animated films I have no interest in purely because of some voice talent that's in yeah. it.
1: <laughs> yeah, Josh Gad is also in this one, who is Olaf, Olaf and yeah. kids will know that yeah, voice. I know you didn't like him in A Dog's Journey. I, I, there's, the there's something
0: about Josh Gad and I don't know what it is. And it's part of his character, to be fair. Mm. He's just so annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like Olive is meant to be kind of annoying. And he was originally in the Book of Mormon as the annoying Mormon. So yeah. that's the character he always plays. And I actually think he's a very talented guy. But he, yeah, I do, I do great. Like he does great on me after a while. <laughs> so who do you think should see the Angry Birds movie two?
2: As this film just comes out for the school holidays, I think it's a perfect film to take the kids to, although it's not as you know, in the same calibre as the Disney Pixar catalogue, I think parents will get a kick out of the the voice actors as well.
1: Yeah, it goes for that easy to understand, fast-paced one like Rio, Storks or the Penguins of Madagascar. And and it goes for that sort of slapstick humour that little kids are going to really enjoy.
0: Now, for your chance to win a Gold Class Double Pass, simply head to the Village Cinemas Facebook or Instagram page, look for the Cinema Crew post and answer the question
2: in celebration of Downton Abbey becoming a film, we want to know what TV show you would like to see produced into a film.
0: Yes, simply leave your answer with hashtag thecinemacrew for your chance to win. Next week, it is a huge week with six films on the roster. A snowy family adventure in Abominable. Your childhood nostalgia attacks you again with Ugly Dolls. Dora, Boots and Swiper, the gang is all here in Dora and the Lost City of Gold. And Brad Pitt is looking for Tommy Lee Jones in space in Ad Astra. Sylvester Stallone is reviving another franchise in Rambo Last Blood. And little kids are up to no good in Good Boys. Until next time, thank you, Vari. Thanks. Thank you, Dan. Bye. My name is Cambo. This has been The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.